Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So here's our, here's our vision statement. It's, it's, uh, I tried to get it as short and uh, quick as possible so that it, you, could, you could package it and remember it. Um, and uh, I'll give a lolly, I've, I keep lolly jars, in, I keep a lolly jar in my office. If you can come and recite this vision statement to me, I'll give you a lolly straight up. I'm just going to give you, they're normally for the kids, but I'll just give you the phaleros, you know those red phaleros with the, the they're quite yummy. You all feel like phaleros now, don't you? But uh, this, this is our, our vision statement. Know God, love people, live purpose. You want to say this with me? Know God. No, no, say it with me, not... Let's start again on the count of three. One, two, three. No God, live purpose. No God, love people, live purpose. Today we're going to be talking about knowing God. And um, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because the thing about knowing God is it doesn't always look like how we imagine it. Um, and it doesn't always work out how we thought it would, but it is what we need. Um, and there is, there is a lot of talk, not just within uh, the, the, uh, the Christian church environment. There's a lot of talk about God, right, in the world. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of talk about how and there's a lot of talk about what and, you know, who and all of those sorts of things. And, and people even get into arguments about things uh, like this. You've noticed that, right? Wars actually start about, you know, well, my God is better than your God type of things and <laughs> we, 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 I just want to put it out there right now that we as a, we as a church, um, we're, we're not here to, 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 to be triumphant about whose God is better than the other God type of thing. We're not into that. What we want to do is just one thing, let you get to know who this Jesus is. Because if there's anyone that talks about love, he is the most qualified because he didn't just talk about it, he was love. Um, and I'll go into that some more as, as over the weeks as we preach. And that will be a constant theme that we always have is the love of Christ. Because, not because He talked about it, but because He is love. Because it's, He did love. He did love by dying on a cross for us so that we could, could have eternal life. He took our death so that we could have life. You know, a lot of people say, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you, but it's not until they actually do something about it that those words are proven, and Jesus proved those words. That's why I follow Him. So when we talk about knowing God, I'm talking about knowing Jesus. Okay, I'm talking about knowing Jesus. Here's the thing about Jesus is He does want to be known, and it is possible for every person what whatever their creed is, whatever their culture is, whatever their background is, to know Jesus, to know Him and know Him so well, and to know Him as their their closest friend. Do you know that? It is possible. It is something that God actually wants for you. But when it happens, it doesn't often look like how we thought it would. And I'm going to talk about a story where this happens for a guy who was like, just crazy. He was out there. He was wild. <laughs> Here's the thing about Jesus. is he, 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 he shows up in the most unusual places. I, I mean, 
he shows up at times when you think he's not allowed to be in the places that you're in. He shows up in the moments when you think you've disqualified yourself from the presence of God from your world. He shows up and speaks to you in moments when you think it's all over and all done for. And, and the last person that you would hear from would be God himself. That's this Jesus that we're talking about. And this happens for this fellow, this gentleman called, I was going to say fellow, but then I changed my mind and said gentleman. I don't know why. Oh man, I had the worst sleep last night. That's probably why. Last night there was an explosion in Bandra. I don't know what that explosion was. But someone was like just this kaboom, like boom. And we looked outside and it was like the guards. You know, like we have these, we live on Turner Road and there's the watchman, you know, the night watchman that watch. There's a poply eternal is over the road. So, so those watchmen are all standing there going, what was that? And we're on our balcony thing and going, what was that? <laughs> it was weird. And I didn't sleep after that. It was terrible. So my memory's a little shot. So if I make any mistakes in my sermon today, that is probably why. If I say gentlemen like that, it's because I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, so Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 19. Acts chapter 9. I have a really strange sense of humor all the time. That's not because I'm tired. That's just weird all the time. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 19. We're going to be talking about a guy called Saul. A guy called Saul. Um, it's a pretty long story, so I'm going to kind of break it up in between and preach through it as we go through it. Okay? So, let's read from verse 1. Meanwhile, <laughs> Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Sounds like a nice guy, this Saul, didn't he? The truth is, he had just come from a, a, um, an execution where, where he oversaw the execution of a follower of Jesus called Stephen. And when you read about Stephen, it's like not fair because Stephen was like the nicest guy in the Bible. One of the nicest, like you go, it's not fair that Stephen what, had what happened to himself, but, but it happened, Okay with Stephen, and here's the guy who oversaw it all, his name is Saul, he's still breathing out murderous threats. Could you imagine that? Okay, it's like, have you ever breathed out a murderous threat? I could imagine if I was to act it out, not that I'm an actor, because, um, but I, I like to pretend that I am sometimes, and, but he'd be like, you know, I'm going to kill that guy, and I'm going to kill this guy, and I'm going to kill that I'm on my way to get that guy, and all there, and he's like ticking off the list. Uh, the hit list of who he's going to get next. And, these are, and his hit list is full of all the people who have come to know Jesus and are talking about Jesus. That's all he, he just wants to kill those people. All right? Now, in terms of this question of like, if Jesus is God, then this guy, okay, who is breathing out murderous threats after just murdering someone, would, would, would be the kind of guy that Jesus wouldn't want to show up to, but just want to just wipe him out. Right? I mean, Jesus would be, I mean, if, if, I, if I was Jesus, not that I am, I'm not anywhere near it. But if I was, I'd be thinking, oh, here's my chance. He's walking on the road, breathing out murderous threats. That, 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 that warrants death. I'm just going to kill him. I'm just going to send a lightning strike right now. Dead. <laughs> See? Sucked in. Dead now. What are you going to do to my disciples? Okay? But that's not what Jesus does. That's not what Jesus does. So, so let's read on. He, he, he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there, any disciples, 
who belong to the way, that's what they, before uh, the word Christian, this is just, I'm just going to step aside, okay? Before the word, you know the word Christian only came out a couple of hundred years after uh, Jesus gave his life, rose again, people followed him. They, they did, they, about, it wasn't, it wasn't only, it wasn't until about 200 years later that the word Christian uh, sort of turned up, okay? And the reason why they started using that word was because they were uh, Christians. It means that they were people who followed Christ. That's what the word means. I know today's day and age, it means all sorts of crazy things. You say Christian, they think beef-eating alcoholic, lazy person. Like, uh, it depends where you go. It's like, I'm a Christian. I, oh, you live in Bandera. It's like, no, well, no, no, no. I, it's like, there's so many meanings to Christians. If you live in Bandera, so do I. I'm not having a shot at any uh, Christians in Bandera. But you know what I'm saying, right? Okay, so, so there's so many, so many like, funny meanings attached to this word Christian. Well, before they called them Christian, they, just, they didn't know how to refer, refer to these people who were following Christ. So they, were, they just referred to them as the people who followed the way. The way. And uh, that has a whole other meaning, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, uh, but you can look into that if you want to, as to what, why they came up with that with that that name for the, for the people who followed Christ. So, so he found anyone who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, so he's probably riding a donkey, comfortable, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Did you like that? Sound effects. <laughs> just keeping it real. I'm just keeping you awake. All of those sorts of things. Long weekend. I'm sure you were out late last night. Here's God showing up and knocking this guy to the ground and speaking to a man who by no means deserves to be spoken to by God. <laughs> now here's the deal. God shows up and just knocks this guy over. And God shows up in a huge way. I mean, who? you may not want to be knocked over, but who would like God to just show up like this? Like, Light shining from heaven. I mean, it'd just be a moment, right? It'd be like, I just had the coolest thing happen. All right? I want you to, I want you to, I want you to realize this. Jesus didn't show up to Saul when he was a follower. He didn't show up to Saul when he was in church or in the right environment. He didn't show up to Saul when he had his heart in the right place. And, you know, he was like Mr. Holy Man. In fact, he was exactly, I mean, he was in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, with the wrong stuff in his heart, with everything is just wrong. It's all wrong. He's killing people. Okay? That's wrong. That's wrong. I don't know if you know that. You shouldn't do it. But here's the deal with Jesus. Jesus shows up where he is at. Here's the first thing about our vision statement. Know God. 
I know something about God. I don't know much, but I know a little bit. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really don't know much. I know a little. And whatever I do know, I hope to share with all of you. But I know this, and I've seen it time and time and again. When people show up into this place, no matter where they're at, no matter what state their heart's in, even if they're breathing out murderous thoughts against someone, I'm telling you something, Jesus wants to show up in their world. In fact, this is what God does. God will usually meet you where you're at. And usually, it'll happen where it shouldn't be happening. He'll just reveal himself to you and suddenly you'll be seeing Jesus. This is important to state because of this fact. A lot of people spend a lot of time trying to get themselves right for God to show up into their world. A lot, of, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to do everything and make everything so and keep everything happy and every stuff and they're doing all the right things in, 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 and they're covering all of the bases in order for God's favor and God's light to come and shine onto their world. Let me tell you something. Jesus is just going to come to where you're at. And we as a church, us, we exist as a place that no matter where a person is at, they can come in here and not feel judged, and not feel looked at, not feel like, not get the, 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 the up, up and down look. Oh, look what she's wearing. Oh, look what he's doing. Oh, look at the car he's come in. Oh, look at what the watch they're wearing. Look at this, look at that, look at that. Oh, they must be dot, 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 dot. Who, who knows that? We don't do that as a church. Now, I, you know, we, I, I know it, it, it's, it's, we're all human, so, so sometimes that may happen. But let me tell you something. Our value is not to make everyone conform to how we think they should be in order to be Christians. That's not what we are about. We are about people knowing Jesus. And let me tell you something. Jesus wants everybody to know who He is. Everybody, no matter what walk of life they are from no matter what family they're a part of, no matter what their net worth is, it doesn't matter. Every person, when they meet Jesus, just like it knocked Paul Saul to the ground, it will knock them to the ground. Maybe not literally, but figuratively, they'll be like stunned when Jesus shows up. And our prayer as a church in everything that we do and everything, everything that we say and everything that I preach about and that Rachel preaches about and the preaching team and guys that we get in and the worship and all of that is it's just one thing is that people could know this Jesus that we know. And it's simply because of this one fact. Not because we are called to convert everybody. Yes, I said the C word, convert. This is a banned word in our church, but I'm just going to talk about it for a second because we are not here to convert anyone. It's simply this. We've found some water that when you drink of it, it quenches every thirst. Now when someone who is thirsty drinks of a cup that quenches every thirst... And they have friends whom they can see are thirsty also, who are also searching, who are also looking, who are out there in the world, who are looking. It's simply this. It's simply, listen, I found this one cup over here. 
a trunk of it. It's changed everything. I'm, not like, I'm no longer thirsty anymore. The things of this world have, have, have gone strangely dim. All I want is that thing. All I want is this water. Do you, do, you wanna, do you want some? That's simply what it's about. That's simply what it's about. It's not about, it's not about changing one's culture. It's simply about bringing someone to a cup that overflows, that quenches every thirst, that meets you in your deepest and darkest and most incredible needs and begins to minister to you, minister to you and begins to meet you in private and begins to help you and show you the way. And that water is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. That's all it is. It's Jesus. This is why we want people to know God. This is why it's in our vision statement. Why do we want people to know God? Why is it? Because we found water and we want other people to drink it. And you know what? It's everyone's choice. You know, the thing about Jesus is He gave us all a choice. And there will be those who will, say, who will see the cup over there and they'll be like, yep, that's Jesus. I can see it. I don't want it. You know what? It's okay. I, I, I'm not here to be a judge of anyone's future, character, anything. I'm not here to do that, nor are we as a church. But if they don't want to drink of that cup, well, we will still be friends, we'll still love them, we'll still, you know, give to them, we'll still do sorts, all sorts of stuff. That's why the Hope Collab, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't have to go out and, 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 you know, give money or give blankets or give food or this or that. And, and the next thing is, our, is, is, you know, in order to continue this sort of uh, giving from us, you know, you need to say a little prayer, you need to convert. We don't do that because it's not, that's not love. Love is to just give without attachment. And, and, and love is to give a choice. And that's what Jesus has done to everyone. So coming back to my, 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 my point here is that Jesus meets Saul when Saul is in the worst place possible. Now, here, let's just talk about this moment where God knocks Saul to the ground. It's almost like it's mean, you know. <laughs> it's like, why did he knock him to the ground? Uh, uh. But there's, there's something going on here, figuratively, that I just want to speak into. We, we, we talk a lot about change. Who, who wants change? Who wants some things to change in their world? Who knows that, I mean, change happens when we change? You know that, right? I, I, it's a, like a, when we change, everything changes. So, uh, like, and, and we, in the, in the depths I know from myself, in the depths of my heart, there are some things that I, I, I just want to change. Okay. And I pray about these things. God, change me in this area, change me in that area. Um, <laughs> but change very rarely ever comes when you see the light. Uh, you know, Paul saw the light, sees the light. But when you get knocked to the ground, when, when, when you suddenly feel out of control, when you suddenly feel like everything's not going right, when you suddenly feel like, uh, I don't know what's going on right here, 
That's where change happens. I listened to a great uh, sermon the other day by a guy called Rick Warren. You've probably heard of him. If not, he's a great preacher. He has a podcast on if you want to listen to it. And he says this. He says, we don't change when we, when we see the light, but when we feel the heat. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of people that want the experience, the spiritual experience with God. Just because I just want the experience. And there's a lot of experiences to be had out there. And uh, I, don't, I don't judge anyone for wanting to have those experiences. I don't, I don't, I, I don't blame them. It's, it's, I mean, to have a spiritual experience is, is, a, is, is like something that I think every person would like to have. But, but, but God wants to do more than give you a spiritual experience. He wants to change you. He wants change to come into your life and the kind of change that is actually going to improve you as a person and make you into the person that He created you to be. But let me tell you something, you having a nice feeling is not going to change you, but when you've been knocked to the ground by the power of God, and I mean, see, God knocked Paul to the ground. You've got to understand, He knocked Saul to the ground because that was what was going to get Saul's attention. And for you, some of you right here in this place right now, are going through a place and a, and a moment in your life, and I, I don't know, whoever this is for, I want to speak into this. You may be knocked to the ground. You're like, man, I just can't seem to get up. I can't, to, I can't seem to get started. I, I just keep, I just, I, I mean, I get up and then I'm knocked down. I get up. Maybe, just maybe God is trying to teach you something. Maybe God is bringing change into your life. So having said that, if you are knocked to the ground, well, it's time to have a celebration because God's doing something. I said it's time to have a celebration when you've got knocked to the ground. I mean, if you're just getting knocked to the ground without God, then that's not a reason to celebrate. <laughs> but if you come in and you're beginning to follow Him, let me tell you something. He is going to begin to change you. And most of the time, the way God changes you is through stuff that happens that isn't so good. That's the reality. Because here's, here's what God knows about us. And if you really think about it logically, we don't really change unless something bad is going on. <laughs> you won't find many people who change for the good in a place of comfort. You know? I'm not saying that God is the saddest. I'm not saying that God is wanting to knock you down as soon as you start following. He's like, oh, I don't want to follow that Jesus. He's going to knock me off my horse. <laughs> That's not how it works because He's got you. When He knocks you, He's got you. When He knocks you, He's got you. When He knocks you, He's got you. You don't have to worry. You could celebrate. He just needed your attention. And, and, and when, when, when you begin to say, what next, God? I don't know what to do, God. I don't know where to, where to go right now. I mean, look, at, let's read on. In verse 5, verses, uh, 5 through to verse 9, it says that um, Saul like, doesn't know who this is, who this voice speaks. But he says, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now, get up and go into the city. And you'll be told what you must do. 
The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. <laughs> this is so funny. I just picture this. They heard the sound but didn't see anyone. Wouldn't that freak you out? Like out of nowhere, your, your boss falls off his horse. He's on the ground. You hear this voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then Saul speak back, who are you, Lord? Like this just would have been a drama. This is crazy. This is awesome. I love it. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. He had his big spiritual experience and he can't see anything anymore. So they led him by the hand in Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat anything. <laughs> what I want to point out of this part of this journey, obviously this soul is one strong, strong, strong personality. And this is the only, he's not going to do, God's not going to do this to everyone, but for this guy, it's what he needed. Okay, it's what he needed. He needed to stop this guy in his tracks. But what I want to bring out of this moment, and this happens, when you meet Jesus, when you start to know God, you get decentralized. It's a moment where you're like, hold on a second, I don't know what I believe anymore. I'm not sure... Uh, whether it's right for me to go to that thing or not to go to that thing. I'm not sure if it's right to, for me to stand in that place or not to stand in that place. I'm not sure if it's right if I go to that home or not go to that home. I'm not sure if I should do this. I'm not sure if... And, you know, when someone comes in and starts to follow Christ, I mean, uh, repeatedly, it's like the questions, I know the questions are coming, like, Am I allowed to do this or am I supposed to do that? Or, you know, I'm not sure anymore whether this, that, dot, 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 dot. And, and then it's like, you know, we have these conversations because meeting Christ totally decentralizes you. Because it's like you meet ultimate truth. You're like, oh, if that's the truth, then, oh my gosh, like, uh, I'm not sure what my truth, I don't know if that's Jesus or not. And it just changes everything. And it happens for Paul. It blinds him. He's blinded. Like, but Jesus does something for Saul. He gives him just enough for him to get to the next part of his journey. Okay? He just said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So I'm Jesus. It's me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I am real. I'm just here. <laughs> Jesus. Okay? Now, get up and go into the city. And then you will be told what you must do. Just enough. Here's, here's why God did this. If God, Jesus had said at that point in time, listen, buddy, I know you've been, I'm going to kill that spider. Am I allowed to do this? Sorry. Just waved at the, I just killed a spider. <laughs> I'm sorry, he had to die, he had to die. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Anyway, okay. But I, I just knew that everyone was looking at that spider, not me. I didn't know they even had spiders in India. They have spiders in India? Okay, it's the first spider I've seen in India. He gives you enough for your next step. So... I forgot my train of thought, but I'm going to come back to it. 
He gives Saul just enough. Ah, that's right. So the reason why God didn't give everything at that point in time to Saul, He didn't say, listen, Saul, I'm going to change your name to Paul. Okay, then, as Paul, you're going to go and, instead of traveling around killing Christians uh, or the people of the way, you're going to go around telling people about Jesus. In fact, the rest of your life is going to be that. You're just going to tell everyone about Jesus and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people, churches are going to be built all over the known world uh, because of your preaching and because of what I do through you, Paul. And by the way, at the end of that, you're going to get, you're going to get executed. I mean, at that point, Paul would not have, he would have gone, no, 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 no I'm, not having, I'm not going to Jerusalem, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not doing anything you say, because it would have scared him. Just like us. Listen to me, you've got to hear this. God has given you right now just enough. What you need to know right now in the place where you're at in order for you to get to your next place. <laughs> I mean, that's a good word because we just did the, uh, the, the series last week, the goals, and some of you are like, what's my calling? What's my calling? I don't know what my calling is. I did the calling thing. I prayed, I fasted, and I still don't know what my calling is. It's okay. It's all good. God has given you just like he gave Saul. See, those men were around him in order to lead him into Damascus. He'd given him some people and he had given him a word. And, and, and maybe right now for you, your people and your word is just this church. It's just, maybe it's just showing up here every Sunday morning. And, and getting the word. Maybe it's getting involved in the connect group. You're like, I don't know what, God, I don't know what God is saying. Everywhere you're like, uh, we got connect groups and you should get involved in one. There's all these connect groups. You get connect groups and do the journey series. You should do the journey series. You know, do the journey series. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, but I don't know what God's will is for me. I don't want it. It's like, just do the next thing. What is that next thing that God is calling to you, calling you into? What is it? It could just be turning up to church. It might be that. That might be your battle right now. It's like, God is like, you're going to win that battle and then I'm going to take you into your next one. But you can't win that next one until you've won that one. So win that battle. Okay? The other, the other thing that happens with Saul is... In this moment, in his blindness, in this moment where he is directing him, Jesus is beginning to change this man. He's beginning to shift him. That's what he's doing. He's beginning to change him. But who knows something? That when you meet God, he changes you, not everybody else. <laughs> A lot of the times we have these spiritual experiences and we're better than everybody else and they all need to change. When you meet God, you're like, oh man, I need to change. I need to change. And, and that change only comes as, as, as Christ begins to lead you and begins to show you. You're like, oh man, I need to change. I can see where I need to change here. And we, 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 we get less busy. I mean, it still happens pointing our fingers at everybody else and we're like, I point that finger but it keeps on 
It's like a magnet back to me, right? Okay, let's keep reading. Verses 9 through to 10, uh, verses 10 through to 19. I'm going to read through this really quickly. So in Damascus, so he, Jesus tells him to go to Damascus, right? In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. <laughs> I love this. I just love this. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called him to him in a vision. Ananias. And Ananias goes, God's speaking to me. My moment has come. Now, he's a good Christian guy. He's been in church. He's been showing up. He's been doing it all like he is like having a revelation. He's been reading the Bible. He's been, you know, I mean, they didn't have a Bible back there, but he was reading it figuratively. You know, I mean, here is a disciple. He is a part of the church. He is a part of one of some of the original people who got to know Jesus before everybody else. Right? And uh, this is for, the, for you guys who are, who are followers of Jesus, who are, who are walking with Jesus. Some of you are waiting for this moment where God speaks as clear as day to you and calls you into something. And it's awesome when he does. So he does what any good follower of Christ would do. He says, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, he's waiting for it, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. What? What? Pardon? Saul. Huh? Saul? For he is praying. In a vision, this is Jesus speaking, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. <laughs> this Jesus. I had the funniest dream last night where the craziest thing happened. You know, I felt the Lord telling me to forgive that person. You know what that person did to me? I felt the Lord showing me that I need to do this. You know, I need to go and confront this situation that I haven't looked at for the past 20 years, but I feel God is saying, you need to go confront that situation and make it right. I, I feel the Lord, He is, he is, he is causing me to, to, to do some things. I, I don't really, I, I've, I've blocked them out. I've canceled those people out of my life. Okay? And this is what happens to Ananias. Lord, Ananias answers, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people. Are you crazy, God, in Jerusalem? And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument. Proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he, ha he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. <laughs> Calling is an amazing thing, but it may not be in, a, in a, the direction that you thought. But had Ananias not gone, we wouldn't have 
75% of the New Testament. Had Ananias not gone, God probably would have called someone else. And Ananias' name wouldn't have been here in the Bible. Who knows how many other people God called on that night to go? Who knows? But the name who was written here is Ananias. Let me tell you something. When you get the Word of God in your life and when you begin to hear from Him, He is going to lead you in directions you don't want to go, but He's going to bring you into significant things. And stuff is going to happen and things are going to shift that you never thought would ever, 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 ever shift. Who knows what I'm talking about? So Ananias went to the house and entered it. He placed his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained, he regained his strength. I just want to also talk about something with Saul. Um, that is the truth for all of us. As Saul came into Jerusalem, no, it wasn't Jerusalem, sorry, Damascus, sorry. As, as, as Saul came into Damascus, and was blind and didn't know what his next steps were. God had got him there to that point. But what got Saul to the next point was a disciple, was a member of a church. That's what disciples are. The church just is a group of disciples. That's all it is. It's not a building. It's not a religion, it's just a group. Members of the house of God, members of the kingdom of heaven. That's what the church is. You know what I'm talking about. It has different shapes, different forms, it's all over the world. It has houses of worship, has small groups, it has all sorts of different places where it meets and different angles that it takes and forms. But let me tell you something, God is speaking to the church that's you and me. And when we begin to understand this, we begin to understand that our future is locked up in our obedience to the people or to the, in the obedience to God about the people that He wants us to go to. And for those who are blinded and they've kind of searching and they can almost see God but they're not sure what is going on the only thing that's going to get them to their next step is discipleship and that's what begins to happen for Saul you, you'll read it after this he stays on in Damascus and begins to get 
discipled. And that means everything that has just happened to him gets explained, plus he begins to understand who Jesus is, what the Scriptures say, what it is to be a follower of Christ, and what it's all about. See, that's what this, this, this moment that you've just had here that's coming to an end, this church, we are all about helping the souls to see and the followers to be active in helping those souls to see. That's what we're about. You're only going to be one of two people here. You're either going to be looking for Jesus, you've kind of understood something, it's, you've, you've like, there's something about that, but I'm not sure what the next step is. Let me tell you something, the people in this room who have been around in church for a little while, who have do, been doing life and, and who, who are partnering with this church and have done the journey series and all of that sort of stuff, your job, guys, is to actually help spot those guys, the souls, and actually help them to come in. And, and as you do, the scales will drop off their eyes, just like the scales dropped off your eyes and they will see Jesus and it will change everything. Yeah, you can clap. You can clap. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.